Welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Dr. Joni Cannell shares communication strategies for technical people. She shares her own stories of learning to communicate and brings in other nerds and experts to show you how to interact with people in a way that's comfortable for you. And now, here's your host, the uniquely qualified engineer-turned-psychologist, Dr. Joni Cannell. Hello, and welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Today, we have Sean Farrell as a guest. He founded Managed Solution back in 2002 after he received his degree from the University of San Diego. He has been working in consultative IT services for small to medium and enterprise clients. Um, but he's also started a company very young, and he's gotten awards for it. He's recognized as uh, one of the 40 companies with owners under 40 years old, 27 fastest growing IT company in Southern California, as well as 40 fastest growing companies in San Diego. So we're going to hear all about that and Sean's approach to managing people and, and IT. So welcome, Sean. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And that was, that was great on that intro. So um, yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, good. I'm very excited about this um, because, yeah, it's really interesting to see like great success in companies. I work with a lot of startups and, you know, the, what the percentages are. So uh, you've been at it for oh, a while now, since 2002. And how big is Managed Solutions now? Yeah. Um, you know, we uh, employee wise, you know, we're a, so we're a services only company. Um, the best way to describe that is in our world, you know, we have uh, what gosh, traditional companies who sell hardware and traditional, you know, devices and other things, you know, in the world of technology, we wanted to stick with the consulting world. So we're about 85 employees um, mm -hmm. all, all over, gosh, California, there's people in the East Coast, you know, we've, we've got a really remote work policy, I can talk to you about that later. But a lot of employees, um, all very high end engineers, California is a tough state to find great people. So mm -hmm. we're proud to have them. Um, they we call them our I mean, frankly, they are our, you know, there are players on the team. So I can explain mm -hmm. that more too. But yeah, we're, we're doing well. And we focus on ongoing support for companies, you know, mid-sized companies who are looking at, you know, outsourcing IT and more so just hoping that, you know, a company like us can come in and ultimately show them what's available in today's market versus, you know, a couple of years ago, it was a couple of providers. Now it's a million different tools. So we want to give them mm -hmm. a breadth of all that. And then we do a lot of high-end consulting for some of our enterprise companies, helping them get to the next level. Yeah, and I notice you do a lot with Microsoft and cloud computing as well. We do. I'll give it to you in my own simple form. You know, I I I have waited out um, the big boys, Microsoft, Amazon, Google. Um, I, I really believed that they saw themselves as the the product companies building these amazing tools. And and honestly, I thought to myself, gosh, you know, they have to have companies who do consulting services who can talk about what's coming in the market and and help companies understand how to get that into their environment. So that meant dealing with services companies or MSPs like us. So Microsoft has finally said, hey, we love having you guys take the lead and in, in getting our products into market. Oh, great. Well, I want to know, and I'm sure our listeners and viewers are on the edge of their seats here to hear your story. So how did you come to found this company uh, well, I, you know, I, I moved to San Diego. I'm from, I'm kind of a California native, but, um, really short is, you know, I, I was going to be a lawyer. Oh, that's a twist. It's a twist. <laughs> so then I got into, um, the world of philosophy in school. Like it was all about, you know, one of my majors was philosophy. Another one was business information systems. And the other one was just strictly business. 
Um, and as I got into philosophy, I started realizing, shoot, there, you know, there's, there's two sides to every story. Um, and when I studied a lot of this stuff, and, and again, philosophy applies to law too, as everybody knows, but it was really about seeing both sides to something that, you know, is being thrown at you. So that meant as I, you know, got out of school, I started really isn't realizing that what I loved is people. And so I said, well, I've applied, um, you know, my people skills, I could take it in any, you know, into any business, but what did I do in college? I really got into the whole tech thing. So tech was interesting at the time. It was, you know, 2002, 2003, I got out of school right after, you know, that about that time and uh, here in San Diego. And I started managed solution. To be honest, I, I hadn't done anything else. Um, I'd worked some internships and that. So Back to it, you know, we started this with this idea of let's find great people. I had met a bunch in the community, um, and what I was looking for kind of was three things, really, was what I call um, soft skills, you know, in people. I was looking for, I mean, this this word that everybody should be looking for, you know, the way, one way to use it is called, you know, we talk about accountability, so we're looking for accountability, and number three is we're looking for people with technical skills and people who actually understood the logic behind things in life and you know in technology if you understand logic you understand how to sort of build and grow and and get better in the technology sector so those three skills are what we originally looked for and we started hiring and 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 to be honest i was like um i don't want to give a stereotype here but kind of the vacuum sales guy walking into into companies and getting kicked out quite a bit saying no soliciting and asking for business and helping them explain that you know technology could be impactful and back then to be honest technology was you know, we were the guys in the back room um, and people started taking us up on our offers. I mean, I, I printed business cards in my dorm room or in my, oh, guess, wow. my, first, my first apartment over by, um, by USD. And um, I hired some best friends of mine who lived on my couch. Um, <laughs> I even hired family. And when I say hired, let's put it this way. Um, some of them I helped buy a car so they could get by and, you know, that was enough for them. Some of them I, you know, fed them. And so it was, it was truly like we did start it in the garage. I, I started printing business cards and then it morphed into, okay, now we got to get serious. We love what we do. I was doing more of the quote unquote sales, accounting, business developments, um, uh, ongoing management of the team. And so we went from 2002 to, we grew about a million dollars in year one. And then we got into 2000, probably seven, eight, nine, 10, we had maybe 40, 50 employees. And what we really did well there was we realized we needed to do three things well. Partner with whoever we thought was the best of breed in the world of technology. So Microsoft was one of the first we ever took on. Um, we had to find the best in breed when it came to people. And that was tough and it remains the most challenging of all things, finding and retaining. And then, um, you know, we had to make sure we had processes. I mean, so we started really getting into how do we operationalize this business and bring it to 2019. Um, you know, we're one of the largest Microsoft services partners in the United States. That just means that if, if Microsoft or we or a customer is interested in a new technology, oftentimes we'll all get together, us, Microsoft, the customer, and figure out how to deliver it. And then we also became, you know, San Diego's largest IT support company for outsourcing. So we're proud of it. And we, and to be honest, it's, you know, we, we use this tagline, your success is our success. And we mean that, like, we tell our employees, I've got your back. We tell the customers we've got their back. And, you know, what makes us, frankly, most happy, our kind of why is the fact that our people are what make all this stuff come to life. So um, it's no joke in here. We, we do believe that um, success is really driven by our people. 
Well, I can endorse that, Sean. I was over at your open house recently and the people were just incredible. I had the funnest conversations with folks as well as informational, you know, I mean, it was, it was great to see, I mean, back room, you know, meeting everyone, various departments. So I second that there. But I want to say, Sean, you really had me at, you're looking for uh, soft skills and accountability. I was like, and then you're talking about technical. I was like, usually it's the other way around, you know? And so, um, yeah, that seems like I'd love to hear more about that. How did you decide that you really needed to get those people skills in there early on and even like as a priority? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, again, I always say this to people. Well, one, I'll say my a statement. I, I was, had dinner with one of our employees the other night and I said to them, I've always believed that if you do the right thing in life, um, the money, you know, the, 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 the credit, all that will come. That's secondary. Just do the right thing for people. So that means operate with integrity, um, be accountable, back to that accountability word. Mm -hmm. um, you know, understand that teamwork's important. Understand that obviously we have to innovate. But back to accountability, when we went out, we were looking for people who, um, who had that soft skill, the communication skill, who wanted to take whatever the request was, whether it's in sales here or it's engineering. I mean, everyone, we want them to find themselves accountable to our customers. And we even, you know, I don't know if anybody has ever heard this term, we even follow a, a kind of a concept called RACI, responsible, accountable, contributor, integrator. It's sort of a, a term that we use in business to say, you know, ultimately who's accountable for this, you know, this company that we're dealing with, our customer, or we call them, frankly, our fans, um, or who's um, responsible or who's a contributor to the betterment, say a project manager of this customer's project. So we study that stuff. And, and it's interesting when you find accountable employees, um, you also find that those people, because they're accountable, they receive the credit from the customer or our fan. And ultimately that makes them happier. I mean, that's what gets them driven to do well in our business. It's, it's interesting how that sort of circle comes back full swing. And, and as much as I used to joke with my employees and say, I hope you know when you take a call in our help desk and you fix the technical thing that frankly is so easy for you to do that you potentially change the way in which that person worked, whether it's at home or at the office or even just in general how they feel about their day. And so you should be proud of that. And that was a tough thing to tell somebody in a help desk that they were doing, but mm -hmm. um, they've got it now. Yeah. Okay. So you said a couple things here. Now, first of all, is that you're looking for people who have these soft skills who are accountable. So that sounds to me like a little bit of a hiring thing. So how do you know that you've got these people? How do you find people who have these skills? Well, I mean, this, the, the first, so we have a director of people and culture. So we don't say HR, even though we have to manage our resources, our people, but um, she is amazing. But the first thing we do is obviously we look internally. I mean, just like I look at recruiting almost like sales. We have to develop a funnel of people. We have to attract people, to be honest, um, you know, and we have to seem attractive to them. So, you know, we're not afraid as, you know, you saw at our open house, we want to publicize our people. Like we put them out there in events. We put them, you know, all over the internet. We, we frankly have a Twitter feed that gets, that takes responses from customers that are helped us that talks about great experiences. I mean, we want our people to be known as much as in today's day and age, everybody goes, well, I don't want to put my people out there on the internet because they'll get, you know, poached. I'm kind of the opposite. I believe, you know, that they get, should get all the credit. So with that, to answer your question, that's where most people come from. They come from a, I know somebody who works for you, or I've heard it's a, a great place to work. And, you know, I want to ultimately come there. And then it becomes a lot easier for us because now the person is, you know, highly recommended by somebody internal and, 
you know, normally they come with those soft skills. Um, it's, it's, it's the technical that is, you know, I, I'd say the easier part because we offer so many different training programs and all that, but, um, but the soft skills, you know, that's, it comes from within. And, and then we put people through, gosh, tests that, you know, I think are, are good in today's day and age, um, you know, DISC and all those other things. But ultimately, um, typically our, our people are coming through people we know. Okay. And then, so you get good people on board, but then you also have to develop them or train them to do it the way you want them to and to probably just level up, I suppose you might say, you know, as people like to do. What do you do there? Yeah. And we did a survey. And if I'm being honest, you know, a year ago, we do them every three to six months. Um, we have these things called quarterly connects. One of the big things was, you know, for, for employee retention was training. We wanted to mm -hmm. make sure, and they wanted to make sure they were getting plenty of training. So with that said, um, we operate the company a lot like a sports team. Uh, and it doesn't mean you have to love sports, doesn't mean you have to love a particular type of sport, but let's just take baseball as one of them. Our training programs internally are called the Home Run Derby. Um, you know, you can kind of achieve as you will, if you, or if you were in a baseball team, you would get records in league if you hit enough home runs or if you um, passed a certain amount, if you were getting a certain amount of work done on a weekly basis, we consider that your batting average. So we started to implement programs around training, um, employee development, like, you know, wellness programs. We actually had a, a bowl thing here last week. I thought it was pretty cool. Okay. Um, yeah, it was fun. Um, that really help employees, you know, continue to advance. And we have different growth paths for each employee from the help desk all the way up through our systems engineering teams. And we've been proud. I mean, we've been able to promote a lot of employees. And in our industry, there's a lot of burnout for engineers. Um, you know, if you've been doing the same thing for a long time. So we're constantly, it's kind of like a, a closed loop feedback. We're constantly asking them where they want to go and vice versa, giving them the opportunity to train um, certs, on-site training, training directly with Microsoft, um, sometimes with Amazon and some of our other partners, but th that's been instrumental to keeping people around. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. So they get to vary what they do, you're saying, as a part of their work. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, so what kind of challenges, I mean, would you say would be typical sort of on the people side of things now that you're like running a, a, you know, from having people living on your couch to running a company with 85 people, which is a lot, you know, what kind of things come up? Yeah. Um, you know, we're in the tech sector, so I, I'll speak to that a little bit. Um, you know, is I, I think in the technology sector, if you're in the project-based world, which in some cases we are, we've done global projects for companies that are 100,000 people and above. Those projects, and I'll give you an example, people are probably familiar with the all-empowering tool SharePoint that companies use. Mm -hmm. They start and they stop at a certain point, and ultimately, you know, we as, you know, uh, the company who does the work, you know, have to, everything comes to an end. And what's happening in the world of technology right now is those projects stop. And ultimately there's other companies who are picking up new projects. And so um, other companies are quickly able to come in and try to, you know, I would say snag engineers from companies like ours. Mm -hmm. So we're careful with that. You know, we're, we're trying to create more of the reoccurring revenue streams out there where we have ongoing support and maintenance with our customers. And frankly, we actually build in the cost of doing projects into our monthly agreement. So it's sort of a win-win for everybody. The customer wins because they get all the latest and greatest. We win because we're able to deploy the latest and greatest. And number three is we actually get to support something that's in a more stable place. Um, and our experiences for the engineers is great because they, they get to get all the new stuff and try it. And, and, you know, we do make mistakes, um, and enjoy the journey with us. So they don't, they don't leave, but retention is definitely something to, to be concerned mm -hmm. about for, I think all companies over the next few years. And then 
I can't say enough about the, uh, our state of California. It's, it's, it's a really tough place to, to live and work and employ. And I feel bad for both sides, for the employer, for us and for the employee. I mean, just being able to afford to stick around and, and um, you know, keep up with what the market demands from the, from the personal side. So anyway, it is a tough one. It's a tough question to answer. Yeah, no, I hear you. You have to really have somebody who loves the sunshine and the beach in San Diego, and that's their ROI, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. It is. Uh, yeah. Um, well, let me ask you too, just, I mean, because the, the people who are listening in are, are folks who are leaders and who have come from sort of these technology backgrounds typically, and they're running groups of technical people. And I'm wondering what you've had to learn or develop or change about yourself as the company has grown to be able to manage uh, the different teams of people? Yeah, uh, good question. It, so I, I was, so we're following a model internally called um, EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System, and it can apply to anybody. If you're, you know, you're CIO of a company, you still have to have your team in place that you lead. So ultimately, it encompasses six areas of, of the business, you know, people, process, frankly, your vision for IT, um, and in our world, vision for managed solution. Um, and, it, and it really, and it gets around things like, you know, short-term, long-term um, company goals. But what it really gets into, and one of the most important sections that, you know, we focus on here is the people, you know, right people, right seats on the bus, or frankly, I have the right seat on the bus, but the wrong person in the seat. And so, you know, for me personally, you know, over the last, gosh, it's probably been five or six years that I've really noticed this, you know, I've, I've one, I've had to do a lot of things from a soul searching perspective to figure out what it is I love to do. Um, and ultimately, what it is I not only don't love to do, but things that maybe I'm, you know, I have shortcomings in. And, and I do believe, by the way, whoever's on the, you know, whoever's listening here, I do believe that you can be good at anything if you really start to, you know, work at it. There's a great um, guy who talks about unthinking things as you, you know, were right. a child and you got older and you, mm -hmm. you were told you weren't a good painter. You might be a good painter. But anyway, so with that said, you know, for me, it's, you know, what I realize that I'm very good at is, um, I'm good at trying to understand the need of the person sitting across from me, trying to nurture that person. I, I, I equate business, I say this all the time, to like raising a family. I have two boys, and to be honest with you, I, I, I tell the kids all the time, I said, listen, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm definitely here to give you advice. And that's in some ways the same way I treat employees. You know, if they come into my office, sometimes they'll have a problem, and I'll say to them, you know, do you know what to do, or do you have an answer? And they're like, yes. And I say, okay, then um, because they trust me and I trust them. And I go, well, then go do it. As long as it doesn't sink the ship, then I think we're going to be okay. So I've had to really adjust from sort of telling people, here's what I think we need to do next when we were a much smaller company because there wasn't that many of us mm -hmm. to now um, really, as they say in business, delegating. But delegating comes with a lot of, you know, words surrounding that, like trust and, you know, feeling like everybody's being heard. And, and so um, rather than what I would call dictating, delegating, you know, has become the norm around here. But people, if you ask them here, I would say to you, the number one thing, you know, back to the whole cultural element is, you know, people here feel like we have their back. And, and is, is, as I guess that's kind of a slang way of putting it. That's what I believe in when it comes to de developing great culture is, I've got your back mentality, whether it's with the customer, whether it's with our employee, they feel safe. They're like kids. They feel protected by their parent and, or, you know, dad in this case. So that's how I run the company. I've had to adjust. Um, and I think it works. I really do. Uh, as much as people joke all the time, we're not a family business. I, I said, I know we're not a family business, but in so many ways, running a business 
like is like running a family. You have to nurture, grow, um, and enable these people to do great things. So that's that's what we do. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of empowerment, um, yet also the support. I love it that you've got their backs because that does allow people to feel that they can make mistakes, right? If you're going to help them out. Yeah. Yep. And then they are willing to take the risks to innovate and try new things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, it's, it's just such a, a safer place to be. So how do you help them, you know, your leaders that you're uh, working with lead others? I mean, do they have to learn this kind of approach too, or do they have different approaches or how does that work? Well, I mean, we as leaders, you know, try our best to all get together and have, you know, at the foundational level, like I mentioned earlier, you know, make sure we have a common trust between us all, but we can have those um, conversations around, you know, how we're going to, you know, then lead our people. So we have pods within the organization. We have, um, you know, we have KPIs, everybody Mm -hmm. I'm sure is familiar with, and OKRs, objective key results that we have everybody focus on. And it's funny because, you know, in this book I was mentioning earlier, Traction, where we're following this model, you know, we call it the managed solution way. We have a way. Everybody has a way in here, like a journey that they're on, and they understand the objectives they have to meet or the, or the key performance indicators. And even to that, um, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, you know, we're, we, we model what's called the um, re- results-oriented work environment. You know, we don't mm-hmm. actually ask people to come into the office, um, even though we have this great big office. Um, we, we allow them to work wherever they need to work. And then ultimately, as long as they're meeting those objectives in the, on, as part of the managed solution journey or way, they're good. And, and it's been a really unique thing for us to try this sort of results or remote workforce like we've done, but it works really well for so many reasons because it gives those, those employees of ours the work-life balance they need. Um, but for me, I, you know, I want people, you know, I, I do want people who have different skill sets in our leadership team than I do to some extent. I mentioned earlier, I love the people. I love understanding, nurturing, developing. At the same time, there's things that I, I don't love to do. Like I, I can't <laughs> tell you, I, I love to cross my T's and dot my I's. I have an idea and, and sometimes people go cross-eyed when I talk to them because they think I'm all over the place with the shiny objects. And, and they're the ones who are like, once they get a hold of it, they're like, let me put this into a process for you. Mm-hmm. And they love that part. And I yeah. don't. So. Right. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So having this complementary sort of approach where others have skills to make up a team, right? I mean, that's what makes a team. Yeah. I'm also hearing a lot of respect uh, for you, uh, for your employees and, and other leaders that you work with. Um, and that sounds like uh, people are treated like adults, you know, they're given a lot of leeway to get things done as long as they're getting the results that, uh, that are required. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Neat. I think I said earlier, just I uh, uh, can't uh, say this enough, like in any environment in here, I mean, I deal with, with amazingly talented technical people, mm-hmm. but I, I've, all these years I've thought about it, like I'm not, as te- I'm not as smart as the guy who is my very senior systems architect when it comes to the tech stuff, but I wonder why we relate so well. And I think it comes back to, you asked me earlier, accountability is, you know, what we hire based upon soft skills that, you know, we try to find all those traits and then technical kind of becomes the, the third leg of that. Honestly, I mean, you know, those traits when they have them in employees of ours and I can communicate with them and nurture them you know, all that technical stuff that they do in the back. And I think it becomes secondary to them. They come into work every day because they love coming to manage solution. I mm-hmm. um, being part of this, you know, team. And then ultimately they just get better on the tech stuff because they feel so empowered. Mm-hmm. Wow. That, 
well, you couldn't ask for more than that. I think, yeah, people just uh, love a place where they're thriving, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to ask you just on another tack here for a second, um, because you, in addition to uh, running the company, you also do a lot of public speaking and you're out there. Um, what do you talk about? You know, what's, what's the public speaking angle for you? Oh, gosh. I mean, so a couple different areas. One is, you know, sort of the digital, you know, uh, God, how the digital and the human are really crossing over and, you know, coming together mm-hmm. as one. And, and um, you know, uh, how do I say this? My, it was funny, a family member asked me this a couple of weeks ago. Hey, Sean, are you into all that AI stuff? And I said <laughs> to him, well, you know, I, the answer is, is computers are taking data about us, habits, things we do, all that good stuff. And they're meshing it up and saying, ooh, that's what the kind of genes you're going to buy next week. And, and so artificial intelligence can be a great leading, um, can be a great leader for us as humans to make better decisions. Um, I have a really good friend who we talk about this all the time too, where, you know, we talk about um, today, like you think about what's happening in artificial intelligence, like this, the, 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 the advertisements we're getting on the go buy this jacket or, you know, you're going to need this for your car. I don't know that today the AI is creating the best outcomes per se. It's kind of biased, but I do mm-hmm. think there'll come a time where we'll lead better lives because of what the digital world or the artificial world's doing to us based upon our habits. So we talk about that as hard as it is to believe. And we try to help people embrace the fact that technology can be very empowering. Um, the other thing, you know, we, we talk a lot about is just, um, just, just culture, the foundational level of, you know, companies, because culture always becomes the topic. Well, you know, we got to have a great culture, got to have a great culture. And I, I use different analogies. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, um, you know, when people feel at the root of it, that you've got their back when your kids at home or your spouse or, you know, people who are around you feel like, you know, you're going to take care of them um, when in need. I mean, that's the greatest gift ever. And that's what creates culture. And then from there, you know, you can ask for anything from these people. So we get into topics like that and how to create great cultures. Um, The other thing that's been fun lately is we've been talking about, you know, data a lot and the, in the world of it. So back to us, tech nerds, um, you know, data is moving towards these big players, these public clouds. I don't know if you watch, you know, Amazon or yeah, Amazon Prime at home or Netflix or Hulu or at work, you know, obviously use Office 365 or Google Docs or some other platform. But the bottom line is, is all these big boys, the 800 pound gorillas, they own this stuff, you know, Netflix and Amazon and, you know, they're owned by the big guys. And those big guys are commoditizing industries and they're sucking up our data as fast as they can. Like every one of my pictures is in Microsoft OneDrive and my wife's are in Apple iCloud. (laughs) What's interesting about that data is the data becomes gold in the future. So, what we are talking more about in technology is the fact that we as technologists will become like stockbrokers. We're going to start taking all the data that managed solution goes up into Microsoft with into their Azure cloud. Um, We're going to look at that data and look at what it costs to run that data in the cloud, you know, price per hour per month and all that. And maybe look at Amazon and say, Ooh, is it cheaper to move my data and lift and shift it over to AWS or Google? And I think there's going to be some, uh, some, you know, what I'll call data brokerage that's going to start happening in the future. So, you know, one is get it up there and sort of moving it between clouds. That's going to be a big one. So we'll call it optimization in the cloud. And two is going to be all that data is there now as a C-level executive, I-O-T-O-E-O in a company. 
go start thinking about getting your data up there and then what to do with it, creating the business intelligence or the AI you need to run your business or um, you know, run your personal life. It's, it's super important that we start thinking in the future versus you know, I need all this infrastructure on premise. So we talk a lot about that, like why it makes sense to start moving that data and how to manage that data and how to optimize that data. Wow, that's visionary, I would say, really thinking about the future and, and what to do with these new technologies that are even just in the making, it sounds like. Yeah, a lot of them are brand new. Yeah, wow, interesting. Well, so if people want to get in touch with you after our show here, uh, either for speaking, for uh, learning about uh, managed solution or any of those things, uh, what's the best way? Yeah, um, uh, managed solution. <laughs> we terrible didn't get the s at the end. dot com. So managed solution singular. Um, if you call, we have an answering machine. That if you just say my name, you can get a hold of me for the most part. And um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you guys can also just stop by anytime. We're always here in San Diego and happy to see you. So. Oh yeah, it's a great location too. Even if you're in San Diego, being a tourist, it's sort of in the area. It is yeah, excellent. Um, well, this has been really interesting. I think that I've learned a lot and, and so have the listeners and viewers about the way you do things at Managed Solution, about uh, the technology and, and what you offer, but also about how you manage people and value them. And um, this has been really enlightening. So thank you so much, Sean, for being a guest on Reinventing Nerds. Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks to all our listeners and viewers. Uh, we'll see you next time uh, here at reinventingnerds.com. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Reinventing Nerds and encourage you to apply what you learned to help you communicate better. For a free consultation with Joni to see how she can help you further, please visit reinventingnerds.com. Until then, embrace your inner nerd and remain true to yourself while you develop your communication strategies.